Listen, I did it from my phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like George Sand. George Sand. George Sand. George Sand. <laughs> everyone this is jen and this is lisa and do you know what day it is <laughs> the day of johnny depp's redemption the day that there was justice for johnny damn right oh my god dude i i'm just speechless i know it was we're what maybe two and a half hours out from them saying i know the verdict. it was like three o'clock three hours no no it was a little bit later at three because they had to go back in yeah oh just My makes homie. me feel so good. <laughs> I think I'm gonna watch some of his movies this weekend. Let's do it. I'm down. We'll uh, we'll text back and forth while we watch them. <laughs> right. What's so? What's your first one? What's your favorite Johnny Depp movie? Uh, I mean, not to put you on the spot. Yeah, I know. I was, but I was, I was looking through a bunch of them. I really do just like the first parts of the Caribbean Man. <sighs> so good. Those movies. I love so that good. movie. It makes me sad. I'll never do anymore. But also, mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't fucked up. <laughs> So I was talking about him today, and I was like, whatever happened in the last... Because I don't, I remembered the first one and the third one. I thought the third one was the second one, but <laughs> completely forgot about the second one. But I, only... I completely forgot about the last one. Zach was watching I've never day. seen the last one. I don't think I had either. And I was like, what are all these parts? What, what's happening? <laughs> I was looking up the plot, and I was like, what is this? Harvey Barton's in this one? I don't remember that. I remember it coming out in theaters, but I hadn't really watched them then. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I think the last one I saw was with Penelope Cruz because that's when mm-hmm. Will and Kira Knightley left. Or but, Orlando yeah. Bloom, not you know Will in the movie, but yeah. Uh, what, what was yours? You would say, man, <laughs> there's a lot. I was think I was naming them off the other day, and I had to look to make sure I didn't miss any. I would probably there's say, so many. oh man, I really love Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and I really I've love never, Blow. I've never seen that. Never seen Fear and Loathing in no. Las Vegas. My manager was talking to me today. He's like, you've never seen it. Oh, oh my god. Like no. All right, well, that needs to be rectified. Also, a lesser-known one, chocolate. 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 I always call it chocolate. McKay says, no, it's just chocolate. <laughs> I also I really do love Sweeney Todd. Oh, God, yeah. He's just amazing. We my love son, you. I know. My <laughs> son was like, oh. He was looking at something. There was like a Johnny Depp list on one of the streaming services, and he was like, Oh, he's in The Corpse's Bride? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, dude. He's the groom. <laughs> I know. I think the only movie I'm surprised that he's not in is Nightmare Before Christmas. That's fair. I I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, how did he not make the cut for that one? But okay. Edward Scissorhands. That's another Yeah, oh, another one. Oh, he's just been in so much. and He's literally like a huge part of my childhood. I've yeah. always loved Johnny. So, ha, fuck you, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> you remember, what do you think about the Pirates of the Caribbean ride? Oh my god! <laughs> I love that ride so much. I wish we would have been there when he was posing as the I animatronic. I know that would have been so cool. Uh, if I would have turned that corner and he would have like came at me, I would have literally had a heart attack in that boat. And wasn't he died. in? <laughs> wasn't he in like a mystery type movie kind of thing? I know. And I'm not. I know he was in Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the new one, but wasn't there another one where he was like a writer? Oh, Secret Window. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've seen it, but I heard about it, and then it was just all mysterious and stuff, which kind of reminded me of what we're doing today. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That does kind of tie in. A little bit. Mystery. I don't know if he's done a movie about about this topic, but... He hasn't, but... He probably would. <laughs> I was going to say, 
He'll probably work with anyone else but Disney, so right. what oh. up, everyone? <laughs> or Warner Brothers. There we go. Fuck you. <laughs> but speaking of today's topic, this one was picked by you, Lisa. So what uh, made you so curious? Uh, just how crazy it is how many things have happened inside this triangular area. <laughs> you can call it what it is. <laughs> so I know. It's the title. <laughs> I still am like, oh, God, they don't know. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, it's the Bermuda Triangle. It's just always tripped me out. There's so many disappearances. There's so many unexplained things just within that zone area. It's crazy. I think when I was younger, I, I literally thought if you went through there, you, you that just, was it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm it. like, you just don't fucking come back out. Like, <laughs> like, that's it. And I remember, I think we were going to like Orlando, which I don't, at the time didn't know where Florida. I was like, are we going to have to go through the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> My boyfriend McKay, he is from, uh, well, he lived in Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. So he is he Puerto Rican? Well, he was McKay, born are, here. McKay, are you Puerto Rican? Puerto Rican? You Puerto Rican, hey, McKay? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> he was born here, but he lived there most of his life. And he uh, told me when I told him we were doing this, he was like, Yeah, I swam in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Thank McKay! God. Thank God he's uh, alive and is my man's now, because, But is he really McKay? Ooh. Or is there one of these missing people's spirits? Oh, God. <laughs> Babe, are you okay? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so why don't you tell... Can you, like... I don't really know too much about, like, where it started from. I think that's where you probably know a little bit more. A little bit. So I found some things on it. It's a little, like, a mysterious, because it's not... Mysterious. <laughs> I don't know how to phrase it but <laughs> so according to an article entitled argosy is that how it was pronounced argosy argosy yeah it defines the boundaries of the triangle citing the three points as miami florida which miami. little jen thought she was going to get sucked into it from florida yeah <laughs> san juan puerto rico and of course bermuda mm-hmm. some other authors give different boundaries of the triangle with a total area varying from 500,000 to 1.5 million square miles Wow. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> huge. That's why I'm like, it's really I mean, hard to define it, I think. Yeah. So that's why everyone's so differing on their explanations of it. The earliest unusual disappearance in the Bermuda Triangle was in 1950. Two years after that, Fate Magazine published Sea Mystery at Our Back Door. Ooh. <laughs> at the back door. Yeah. Knocking on the back door. <laughs> <laughs> this short article written by George Sand covered the loss of several airplanes and ships. Fast forward to a decade later, now we're in February 1964, Vincent Gaddis wrote another article called The Deadly Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> he later expanded on this article by creating a book called Invisible Horizons. Other writers ran with Gaddis's idea, including John Wallace Spencer, who wrote Limbo of the Lost in 1969, and... Richard Wieners. <laughs> I think that's Richard Weiners. No, it's Wieners. Is it really? No, I don't know. Oh. The child of me wants it to be Wieners. <laughs> There's not even, it's not even spelled like no, Wieners. It's fine. Richard Weiner. <laughs> he wrote The Devil's Triangle in 1974. Of course, there are many others, but all of them kept with the theme of something supernatural in play. Something supernatural, mm-hmm. huh? Oh. But. So they started in the 1900s, or did they know stuff about it before that? Oh. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Why don't you tell us about one of the first disappearances? The Ellen Austin was a 210-foot American schooner weighing over 1,800 tons. The ship was made in Maine way back in 1854. 1854. The ship traveled between Liverpool and New York, crossing over the dreaded Triangle Zone. Not the Triangle. Not the Triangle. Anything but the Triangle. Oh, they're coming to get you, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) During one of these trips in 1880, Ellen Austin was met with another ship along the Atlantic Ocean. Do you know how random that is to be in the ocean at that time and you just happen to to run into another ship? (laughs) (laughs) Must have been wild. Just coming in at you. We saw your uh, your little dot on Google Maps. <laughs> yeah, we was coming for you. <laughs> this unknown ship seemed to be moving kind of aimlessly and erratically. Captain Griffin of the Ellen Austin was studying the ship through his spyglass, and he noticed that there was no name or identifying flags. Even more strange, it seemed that there was no crew on board this mystery ship. Oh, right? Just look oh. up. There's a, a ship coming at you, and no one's there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Talk about a scary experience. Captain Griffin suspected that this may be a trick from pirates trying to trap them, so he did nothing with this ship at first. However, after a few days, the unknown ship was still drifting nearby, and it was then that Griffin decided that he would take it because he thought that it was a valuable salvage. Well, yeah, if it's just a whole ass ship. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) why wouldn't you? I don't, I don't know if it was with the Bermuda Triangle. There's another story about these people taking a ship that they found abandoned and taking it in because they paid money to have, like, good mm. money when you bring in ship mm. wreckage. But it's yeah. even better if it's, you know, just floating. It's already built, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's cool. Captain Griffin sent a small party of armed men aboard the unnamed ship to search it. No one was on board and the ship's logbooks were missing, but its valuable cargo of mahogany wood was left untouched. It's the best of woods. Wait, what is that? Is that from... What's the quote from Anchorman? Smells of rich mahogany. Is that what it is? (laughs) It's something like that. I love that movie. (laughs) Captain Griffin put what he considered a prize crew aboard the empty ship, and they took it. The two ships set sail towards New York until a huge storm started, and they were separated. When the storm passed a few days later, Griffin couldn't see any trace whatsoever of the other ship. Finally, Griffin spotted the ship off in the distance. The captain lifted his spyglass to get a closer look. Much to his surprise, there was no sign of life on board yet again. Mm. Just look up. <clears throat> the people you just sent, gone. It's only been like maybe five days at the most with the storm and everything. Just gone. <clears throat> so, of course, his crew was like, nah, I'm not <laughs> going on that ship. Fuck that. But, of course, money talks. And the promise of the fortune that Griffin believed they would receive from the ship made the crew turn around real quick. I still would be I'd like, probably be like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. There's potentially two ass sets, and I'm talking like a crew for a giant ship, just gone missing. No, I don't care how much money you're giving me. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking good. Like, yeah, I'm going to stay on the ship where you don't disappear from. <laughs> a second crew boarded, armed to the teeth, with strict instructions to keep the ship side by side and to ring the bells throughout the night. The same night, a dense, crazy, thick fog fell over them, causing the Ellen Austin to lose sight of the creepy ship. The ghost ship. The ghost ship. Such a good movie. The crew of Ellen began to ring their bell throughout the night with no reply from the other ship. I now picture this. Early morning, in the sea, fog lifts, bright sun, you in an open ocean. Nothing is around you. The ship is completely gone. 
were they all on shrooms? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I That'd mean, be crazy. In 18, where are we at? 1881? They probably yeah, had I mean, some weird shit back then. But with that, the two crews who boarded and the ones that were potentially on board already and the ship were never seen again. Damn. Yeah. It's crazy. I wonder if they just like, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, what if they just were like. Group hallucination? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> What's that called? There is something like that. I don't that, know. I don't know. I don't know. Being on the ocean already, anyways, is creepy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've just never been one of those people who wants to just go hang out on the ocean. Like, I've I don't, never I'm, been on a cruise. Me either. But I mean, I wouldn't mind going on a boat, like in a lake. I've done that. Yeah, same. But I don't know. The ocean is just so vast, I so deep. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the hell's out there. No. Giant squid. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. comes and fucking takes All right. the ship. All right, we're going to go to 1918, and this was a cargo ship called the USS Cyclops, and that was a type of U.S. Navy cargo ship that supplied coal called the Collier. Collier? I don't know how that's pronounced. It's a, good. It's a cargo ship. <laughs> um, the ship served the East Coast from Newport, Rhode Island to the Caribbean. On February 20th, 1918, it departed Salvador, Brazil, headed for Baltimore, Maryland, carrying manganese ore. It was said that the ship was overloaded when it left Brazil. It was carrying 10,800 long tons. I don't know what long tons are. Long long tons are compared to regular <laughs> I like, tons. I don't know what but... a long tongue is. <laughs> I thought that's what you said it for. No! Oh, my God. But um, it was only supposed to carry 8,000 long tons, and it was loaded with 10,800. But mm. the Cyclops normally did not even carry this kind of cargo, but we can thank the captain, Commander George Worley, for that. Mm. Thanks, Captain. Thanks. <laughs> per reports, he was a total ass who would curse and berate the crew for simple things, sometimes even becoming violent with them. He also didn't seem to be that smart because he had an inexperienced officer oversee the loading of the manganese, which is probably why it was overloaded. <laughs> wow. Great. What a special guy. It made an unscheduled stop in Barbados because the water was over the Plimsoll line. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but it's those lines that are on the side of the ship where you can kind of see, like, how far the bottom of it's yeah, in the water. Yeah, so it's, like, weighing down. Yeah. yeah. So the lines were going way further than they were, so that's how they knew they had overloaded the ship. Mm. Um, but it ended up leaving back, back out and headed to Baltimore on March 4th. But it never made it. The ship and crew were never seen again. Oh, my God. There were 306. 306! Okay. a lot of people. Yeah, there were 306 crew members and passengers on board. And to this day, it is considered the largest loss of life in the history of the U.S. Navy, not directly involved in combat. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, oh. It gets better. It gets better. What makes the disappearance even weirder is that it's two sister ships, the USS Proteus and the USS Nereus, also both disappeared in the same area. The Bermuda Triangle. Oh, my gosh. And that was in 1941, and they disappeared within a month of each other. So all three ships Mm -hmm. in the same area just Mm -hmm. kapoot. Did they ever find the ships? Do you know? No. So they never found anything from it. That's what trips me (laughs) There's nothing found from these. No bodies, no collectibles, no... No collectibles? Effects. I don't know. <laughs> they got, like, pop figures in the <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not treasures. I don't know. Pirates. Arg. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. But you have heard of me. <laughs> no, but... It's just crazy. Know, yeah. They find nothing from them. It creeps mm. me the fuck out. I mean, the ocean is also gigantic. That, too. Just don't... Just go down with a submarine, start looking around. I don't know. I've always wanted to do that with the Titanic. Is that weird? 
no, I don't want to. I don't. Mm-mm. I'm not going. <laughs> I would probably freak out when I'm in there, but <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I've, I have this weird fascination with the Titanic, so. Oh, well. <laughs> Leo's welcome. not there. I was going to say thank you, Leonardo DiCaprio, for that. <laughs> <laughs> On July 19th, 1920, a schooner named Carol A. Deering set sail from Puerto Rico and arrived at Newport News to pick up cargo of coal and deliver it back to Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro. The ship's captain was William H. Merritt, who was a war hero in World War I for bravery under fire for saving his entire crew's life. His son, named Seawall, was the first mate, and he had a ten-man crew. Seawall. <clears throat> That's what he named his son. Seawall. <laughs> On August 26th in 1920, the Deering cleared the Virginia Capes bound for Rio, but soon after, the captain fell ill, and the crew turned the ship around to the port in Delaware, and Merritt and his son were dropped off. The Deering Company then recruited Captain Willis B. Wormel, who was a retired 66-year-old veteran sea captain. And with that, they were on their way to Brazil once again. They set sail on September 8, 1920. The crew arrived without incident and dropped off the cargo, and the crew was granted a leave. The Deering left Rio on December 2nd in 1920 and stopped for a supply restock in Barbados and then set sail for Hampton Roads. The ship's next sighting was on January 28th in 1921 off the shore of North Carolina. It was reported by lightship Captain Jacobson, that was his name, that a thin, tall man with reddish hair and a foreign accent speaking through a megaphone, that's what he saw on the ship, and this man said to him, the vessel had lost its anchors in a storm off of Cape Fear and asked Jacobson to notify the Deering Company. However, his radio was not working, so he could not call to report this. Man. He also noticed that the crew was just chilling and walking around on the quarter deck, which was apparently an area where they weren't usually allowed. I don't know anything about ships, so I I do not know. (laughs) I do not know. The next day, a crew of another vessel spotted the Deering heading towards the Diamond Shoals. The other ship just let the Deering continue on, assuming that they would see Cape Hatteras Lighthouse and would change course to avoid wrecking into the shoals. On January 31st in 1921, C.P. Brady, who was on lookout duty at the Hatteras Lighthouse, spotted the Deering at dawn. The ship was run aground on the outer edge of the Diamond Shoals. The shoals extended offshore of the Cape in North Carolina and was a common place where shipwrecks occurred and was even known as the Graveyard of the Atlantic. Rescue ships were unable to get to the Deering due to the bad weather, so no one got to the ship until February 4th after it was battered by surf for several days. The ship was completely abandoned and its steering equipment was damaged. Just like the Ellen Austin, the ship's logs were missing, but this time its navigation system and all of the crew's personal effects and two lifeboats were gone. So I'm just going to assume they probably just dipped. Okay. Without the lifeboat? <laughs> well, the lifeboats were gone. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so it was like gone with, so I'm, oh, oh, their personal okay, stuff, I'm thinking if the navigation system, them... Their personal stuff and two lifeboats are gone. Yeah, I'm they assuming, did. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it was still floating, though. So I, was gonna say, I don't know. They probably were just like, nope. Eerily, in the galley, it seemed that the crew was preparing food for the next day's meal. The Coast Guard attempted to salvage it, but it was far too dangerous. So they fucking blew it up with dynamite? <laughs> what? <laughs> Fun fact. Wood timbers from the ship washed ashore on the Hatteras Island, and the locals used it to build houses. You built your house with the Bermuda Triangle ship <laughs> that they fucking blew up like an action movie with oh, dynamite. No. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> That's fucking weird. I, why not just leave it there? What? I don't know. I don't. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, well, you know. It's the Coast Guard. What do you expect? I was going to say, it could, like, ward off other people since it's apparently a thing that they reckon to the I don't even the know time. what a diamond shoal is. I don't either. Oh, well, he I ran... I assume it was, like, jagged rocks I guess. off the yeah, coast. I, guess. I don't know. Our next ship here is called the SS Cotopaxi, and it was another cargo ship built for the United States Shipping Board. It Just to start off, this ship had terrible luck. All right. Like, from the beginning, this ship <laughs> fucking had a hard time. Okay? <laughs> had a rough go around. <laughs> In June of 1919, it departed from Philadelphia, headed for, once again, Salvador, all these ones are going to Brazil. I know. We should jump <laughs> Is on it them. just or Brazil? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> um, it ran aground when it reached Brazil, and it was truly fucked up. Oh, wow. <laughs> the crew had to jettison a bunch of shit off so they could reach the port, and it cost $200,000, a.k.a. the equivalent of $3.1 today, oh to repair it. God. Yeah. Just build a new one, I feel. <laughs> I don't, I don't I, know. It's got to be cheaper, right? I, guess, I would think. I don't know. In 1920, when it arrived in Havana, Cuba, from Charleston, South Carolina, it ran into a tugboat. Oh, my God. <laughs> While the Cotopaxi didn't have much damage, it sank the poor tugboat. <laughs> poor little tug-tug. I know. know. We didn't, didn't have a chance. <laughs> uh, November 29, 1920, it went on that same trip, leaving Charleston and headed to Havana. Two days later, on December 1st, there was a radio call saying that the ship was taking on water. Its crew of 32 were never seen again. Crew of 32. Well, 32. Creepy rhyming. Everyone was everyone was pretty sure it sailed through a tropical storm and sank. Mm, that makes sense. But you were saying earlier nobody has ever found a ship. Yeah. So in January 2020, they were able to identify the Cotopaxi as a sunken ship near St. Augustine, Florida. So it didn't even make it to the tribe. Oh, my God. It's like it didn't on the- even make it out of Florida. <laughs> well, I mean... Do most people make it out of Florida? No, not unscathed anyway. Yeah, this one is one of the Bermuda Triangle myths, but they obviously it's been myths for years until recently, like two years ago. I was going to say, dang, that is real recent. Yeah. That, how did they miss that all this time? Yeah, <laughs> That's I, what I want to know. The shipwreck was originally found in 1980, but they couldn't identify it. They oh. didn't know it was the Cotopaxi until marine biologist Michael Barnett was able to figure it out, and it took him 15 years. God. I'd be like, you know what? I don't even care what it yeah. is. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can go see years. that ship. That'd be cool. That was it's, it's in Florida. I just thought that one was cool because he was coming out of Charleston. Yeah, that is really cool. Wow, I just that's yeah. crazy. Two years ago, they found it. They found the ship, and I know we've been talking about ships, but now we're gonna give you some weird plane shit. <laughs> even though you're not a plane head, Miss Top Gun, <laughs> oh. marry me, Tom Cruise, please, uh, with your. Middle tooth smile. What does that even mean? <laughs> you've never, you've never seen his smile. He, he. You know how like your front teeth, you got like they're symmetrical. Well, yeah. his middle tooth, like his tooth, is right in the middle of his mouth. <laughs> I've never noticed. You that. Never, never, <laughs> well, now, I now whole movie. Now that's all I could see. see. Oh my god, I can't watch this new movie. Still now. love you. Still love you, Tom. She'd marry you still, even with yeah, your middle I, tooth I smile. Would. I don't, you know. Yeah. For Take sure. what you can get. <laughs> okay. So airplanes. Airplanes. Flight nineteen. What? <laughs> I was going bow, 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 bow. shooting bullets out these planes. Oh my god. Which hey, this one was a yeah torpedo. fighter plane or whatever. It's a, it's a torpedo bomber. Oh okay. So flight nineteen was a group of five General Motors TBM Avenger torpedo bombers. The crew went missing. That's right, missing all five of them. 
over the Bermuda Triangle on December 5th in 1945 during a U.S. Navy overwater navigation training flight that took off from Fort Lauderdale. Mm. There was 14 men on this flight, and they were all just lost? What the fuck, dude? This one's crazy. But wait. Wait. So there's five planes? Five planes. Oh, okay. Okay. Strange. Yeah. But wait. There's more. A Martin PBM Mariner flying boat was set to search for the bombers. All 13 crew members from this plane also just fucking disappeared. Oh, my God. (laughs) A report released from the Navy's investigation that was launched concluded that the flight leader, Lieutenant Charles Taylor, mistook small islands off the shore of Florida as the Keys after his compass stopped working. This resulted in the flight heading over open sea and away from land, but later it was amended by the Navy to now say, cause unknown. In an effort to avoid basically blaming Taylor for the loss of five bombers and 14 men. But what about the other plane, you ask, right? I heard you ask me, right? Yeah. You want to know? Okay. (laughs) Well, they attributed its loss to an explosion midair while searching for Flight 19. (laughs) So you didn't... I don't know, dude. They don't even find any pieces of the planes, like, near the thing? No. Near the thing. Near Florida. (laughs) No. Just all five of them disappeared, and then the second plane they sent out, gone to. But that one just exploded, apparently, and that's just what they're coming up with. There was nothing found from it, so I don't understand. Oh, well. Just covering up from the government. Government conspiracy. Conspiracy. (laughs) All right, well, here's another plane. Well, it's actually going to be two planes. So there was the Star Tiger and Star Ariel, and they were both passenger aircrafts operated by British South American Airways. The flight was from Lisbon to Bermuda and started on January 28, 1948. We're talking about the Star Tiger right now. My bad. Mm -hmm. It stopped in Santa Maria to refuel, but the weather was so bad, the pilot decided to fly out the next day. The plane left on January 29th, even though there were still strong winds. The pilot flew extremely low at 2,000 feet. Oh, wow. Yeah, in order to try and avoid the headwinds from the Gulf Stream. See, this was weird to me because they're supposed to fly at 20,000. Yeah. And you're flying 2,000. Like, why would they allow him? I, I don't know. Okay. At 3.15 a.m. on January 30th, one of the radio operators tried to get a position of um, the Star Tiger from Bermuda's Triangle. From Bermuda's Triangle. And they were trying to figure out where you were um, to get the position of the plane from Bermuda's Tower. They were about an hour and a half to two hours away from landing. This That same operator tried to contact the crew at 3.50 a.m., but no one responded. He tried again at 4.40 a.m., because this was like 10, 20 minutes away from when the plane was supposed to land. No response. Wow. Never made it to Bermuda. The U.S. Air Force spent five days looking for the plane crash, but it was nowhere to be found. There were 31 people on board. Wow. There's just so many people at once going missing yeah. in these crafts. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now every time they communicated with air traffic controllers, they said they were at 20,000 feet when they were at 2,000. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. A, that kind of plane really wasn't designed to fly that long, especially at that low of an altitude. Mm-hmm. So investigators think that it's likely that 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 had something to do with it either that or lack of fuel they don't know never found it okay i mean that is very low to be flying i'm surprised that they even let him um yeah i feel like you could see the water if you're flying over (laughs) why why would he do that if he was an experienced pilot anyways i I, that's crazy and then i saw another conspiracy that they forgot that they were flying that low so when he went to go land he just crashed into the water 
I don't, on? Shrooms? Uh, Is everyone on shrooms? Everyone, <laughs> you just go through just like a wall of hallucinations. Yeah, you just time. come out tripping shrooms. Just like an invisible wall. Tripping on, tripping on shrooms. A year later, Star Tiger's sister plane, Star Ariel, had an eerily similar fate. Mm-hmm. On January 17th, 1949, this was almost exactly a year apart. It's kind of weird. Star Ariel was getting ready to fly out of Bermuda with no passengers. But another plane, the Star Lion, that was incoming to the island had engine failure. The pilot was able to land it without incident, so Star Ariel was going to take those passengers to the next part of the trip, Kingston, Jamaica. There weren't any weather issues, it was a nice day, and the plane departed at 8.41am with 7 crew members and 13 passengers. The last radio transmission was at 9.42am when the captain said he was switching frequencies from Bermuda's air traffic frequency to the Kingston one, Mm -hmm. and that was the last anyone heard from the plane and never made it. Wow, so like flip that switch to switch over to Jamaica's and just gone. Just gone. Wow. Yeah. They started a search shortly after. Um, They had another plane fly the exact route. The U.S. Navy also sent a bunch of planes and ships out to search, and they never found anything. And the investigators thought it was kind of odd that the captain would switch so early into the flight, but unlike the Star Tiger, which was going through a storm, they really have no idea what happened to this plane. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't get any of these. <laughs> it makes me never want to get on a plane and fly over the ocean again. Have we ever flown over the Bermuda Triangle? We haven't, right? No, <laughs> we <laughs> like, flew wait. over Florida. Yeah, but which not... is like close enough. Oh, okay, well, we gotta never do that. So, <laughs> oh yeah, but I refuse. Has there been anything like recent though, like within the past? I don't know. Has hmm. people still go- do people still go that route? Yes! Like, avoid it at all costs yes! because fuck that. No. I would go 800 miles out of my way oh to not go through God, this. No, I don't got that kind of time. I got that time. I don't fucking care. I ain't trying to disappear. So what do you think is uh, your reasoning behind the disappearances? Well, since I am not a woman of science like Jen. Nikki <laughs> <laughs> mean science, bitch. Don't be hating. I believe in some paranormal things, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about some paranormal theories. <laughs> so, like I said earlier, people have been blaming these strange happenings on a paranormal force. One theory blames that it is leftover technologies from the lost continent of Atlantis. One of my favorite theories is that the triangle is a gateway into a parallel universe. It is believed that in this region, time and space are warped, and it just sucks any object into it. Into well, a parallel universe. What do you think's on the other side? Doctor Strange, <laughs> Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot and Doctor Strange are just chilling over there, <laughs> having a dance battle. That's all I could think of when I was reading. It. I was like, "It's Doctor Strange. He's just out there <laughs> sucking people up." <laughs> it all comes back to Doctor Strange sucking people. Damn, Doctor Strange. Damn, Doctor Freeze. Doctor, <laughs> get some strange. Doctor, do some strange for some change. <laughs> he goes suck my dick from the back. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, God, oh, God. Last. Oh, I punched my microphone. God, so Microfina. Sorry. Microfina, no. Last, but certainly not least, cue the ancient aliens guy. Aliens. I met that guy. Where? He was at the con that shall not be named. Ah, And okay. he was there the first year I went when I was at the convention center. And he really? had this purple fucking scarf. Dude, he's like as tall as me. Wow. <laughs> Did he have crazy hair and shit, too? He was life? kind of like. Nobody really wanted to talk to him, and he kind of seemed like he was, like, offended, and he 
he he was wearing like an Ed Hardy shirt or something, oh, and everyone God. was like, "What the fuck, dude?" He like flipped a scarf. I was like, "Fuck oh, you, dude, guys!" I'll, I can't forget that purple scarf. He's like, "I don't even fucking care. I don't want to be around you people, anyways." He's like, "I'm aliens. too good to be here, aliens. <laughs> You're all aliens." Yeah, that's what he was saying. I'm the normal one. You're aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so some people believe that it's just UFOs flying around and just uh, out here abducting whole ass people and vessels, apparently. Just ships and planes, just sucking them right out of the sky into his little alien ship butthole, and <laughs> doing probes on them. It all comes back to the butthole. Oh my god! Well, I can't say that I have that same theory. <laughs> that I can say, but I mean, I don't think I have to state the obvious. But I think it's pretty clear that human error is more than likely the main cause for a lot of these. I mean, a lot of the early disappearances were probably due to bad weather. I mean, if you think about that area, what always comes through that area? Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Eighteen hundred. You're like, what is this? What is this wind? <laughs> wind and water. I've never thought about this. This is like a high moment. Like, <laughs> what about? Could you like back then? The first time ever, someone ever seen a hurricane, you're in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> you just see it. <laughs> do you know how terrifying? Oh my god! I can. What do you think they thought that it, it was? was? God. They're probably like, oh god, witches. Probably. I mean, it all. Kind of, they probably were like, oh, it was a witch. <laughs> oh my god! They just start throwing all the women off. Weather witches. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they didn't know shit about hurricanes or science, and they didn't have satellites back then to be like, oh yeah, there's a hur- that's hurricane. Uh, Amber coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a shit storm. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. Um, there's other scientific theories, but a lot have been contradicted. Some were probably just plain old accidents, and even the older ones could have been raided by the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Where's the rum gone? <laughs> I've got a jar of dirt. I've got I a jar of cocaine. Yeah. And guess what's inside it? The cocaine. <laughs> But the so-called triangle, it's a super large area and statistically has the same amount of disappearances as any other part of the ocean. No, I disagree. (laughs) That's true. In 2013, the World Wildlife Fund listed the 10 most dangerous ocean shipping areas, and the Bermuda Triangle wasn't even on the list. What do they know? Because it ain't shit. (laughs) They don't know shit. They don't know nothing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You know know more about the ocean than them? (laughs) So you really think it's all just accidents and crashes? I don't. I mean, nobody really knows. Well, what if Big? What if there's Bigfoot in there? Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) He's just out there floating around eating people. I mean, you could literally take. You could do like the an African square and just take a square in the ocean, and it's gonna have the same amount of shit happen. So. I feel like it's just crazy because out of all the ones that we talked about, there was only one that had wreckage. Well, besides the one that crashed on shore. So I guess two that had wreckage found. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you how do you search the bottom of the ocean though? Can they really I guess that's right. I guess What's it depends on I guess it depends on the depth of where it is. I was gonna say, do you know the percentage? I've heard it before of like how much of the ocean that is actually unexplored because it's so dude it's like vast. it's higher than over 50 yeah it's crazy so i mean i guess you're right it's giant just, squid dude there's nothing that came from any of the i mean six planes and one go crash and they went out not too far after both of them disappeared lightning um, i don't know or aliens it could be lightning <laughs> Thor's just out there <laughs> 
They said it was it was a storm the, in the whole ass Avengers is just in the <laughs> real world. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I don't, I don't know. I think it's creepy for sure, and I don't want to. Yeah. Fly. I can see why people. I can see why people would be like, oh, let me in a triangle. Let me in a triangle. But I mean, I'm, it's. It really only takes someone being like, this is a bad place a few times where everyone's yeah. like, yeah, this is a bad place. So. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd fly over it. I don't care. No, I'm out. I'm good. Well, guess mm-hmm. we ain't going on that trip. Oh. I just, I just won't we, tell you. <laughs> if we go to Puerto Rico, will we be flying over? Yeah. But I want to go to Puerto Rico so bad. Well, you're going to have to, <laughs> you're going to have to go through the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, like, what if it's the theory that we came up with that it's just like a giant drug field you fly through? <laughs> I'd be cool with that. Just yeah. <laughs> let me fly through it. All of a sudden, you're fucking hallucinating. Yeah, right. Bigfoot oh sitting next to or me. Or what if we go to a parallel you? dimension where there is no Amber Heard? That would be dope. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Then I could love Knocked Up Again, you goddamn bitch. Goddamn. <laughs> so mad that she's in that. All right. Okay, well. <laughs> it's not about her. It's about. Our the boy. Triangle? Oh, well, oh. I was going to say Johnny Depp, but... <laughs> and the Bermuda Triangle. That, that's what this episode was about, but... It's our boy, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if um anybody out there might have some other stories about the Bermuda Triangle. There were a lot, Ooh. but we only just kept it to a few. Can you, can you go scuba diving in this area? I wonder if they do, I, like... I mean, I guess you could on the coast of Bermuda, wherever it is, but you really wouldn't want to do that in the middle of the ocean. I mean, I guess you could. I don't, I don't do see why ever, you couldn't. Especially I mean, I triangle. wouldn't. I would never go in the, like, the ocean that far. Well, we should have looked into that, see if there was just like people out there floating that's just disappeared. Oh <laughs> Maybe yeah. Jaws ate them. Maybe there is a big fucking shark. Oh, we don't, know what's, we don't right? know what's out there. You know what I'm saying? It could be, dude. It could fucking be. Just fucking a Loch big ass, monsters out just there. fucking giant squid. I keep saying that. <laughs> it all comes back to the giant fucking squid. It's always the giant squid. <laughs> oh, well, God. All right. Well, if you guys have any other stories or, you know, maybe an experience of your own going through, around, near, yeah, we in. Wanna know, are you still alive? <laughs> are you? Did are you, you have any? There? Did you? see thor or dr strange <laughs> was bigfoot there <laughs> let us know all over our instagram and facebook where you can find it under curiosity syndrome yes but we hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to talking again next wednesday bye, bye.